Time has a way of changing one's opinion. And I can say very conclusively, I cannot stand Merlin. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Hole Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a vicariously. Merlin will be covering episodes five and six of season four. We're going to get directly into it. His father's son, directed by Jake Michi, directed... Oh, wait, I said that backwards. Written by Jake Michi, directed by Alex Pillai? Pillai? I think Pile is the correct pronunciation. This episode premiered October 29th of 2011, and I gave this one a 7.6 out of 10. It wasn't the worst, but it was a lot of Merlin, and I find his character to be nauseating. Maybe it's just the amount of dosage I get every week of this particular character versus maybe how I watched the show previously. I think I just binged it. So it's easy to binge something when you're excited about what happens next versus, you know, you actually go through and watch the episodes kind of weekly and you start to come back to the same type of tropes or the same type of dialogue and it is quite frankly very very tiresome in some aspects i still enjoy the show of course and in the second episode it has one of my favorite scenes in merlin and it's not to say that merlin doesn't have a lot of good episodes but i think over the years i may have condensed and skipped the things that i didn't want to necessarily see and so i've been hitting the greatest hits on constant repeat and not having to slough through some of these other episodes that aren't quite my favorite or they have aspects that I like and then a whole bunch of aspects that make the show Merlin the travesty that it creates with the characterization of some of the people we really love Arthur being one at least I love Arthur and then Gwen being another and then they completely try to make Merlin an empathetic character and yet he is the least empathetic character on this show. The episode begins with him dressed as a Camelot knight leading some barbarians into a trap. Arthur saying on me and then jumping down onto that man. What the fuck is this? What the hell was that? I don't know why that was even necessary considering (laughs) they intended on taking prisoners. I think them being surrounded would have been enough and killing one of their men. And thus begins the many things in which they just ridiculously and unnecessarily contrived in this episode to try to put Arthur in this situation in which he has to decide what kind of man he is going to be which is a great plot point i want to see that however the way in which they decided to go about that was so backwards it was very well it didn't start off that way but there was just times in which i would have preferred less merlin and other people in this cast that actually have roles besides Merlin and Arthur 
I have said this before, he has Knights of Camelot that are probably more qualified to be speaking on these matters than Merlin, who is, yes, a beloved servant to the king, but he's been doing this servant job for like two, three years, four at the max, and everyone else has been knights and has blood on their hands for more years than he has been born. So I expected these conversations to be had with Sir Leon, like especially Sir Leon, because he was always the one and he comes from the old regime of his father. So I really thought he should have had a speaking role in this episode and it annoys me that they just refused to acknowledge the other people that were more appropriate instead of pushing Merlin as this constant perpetual back and forth cheerleader and um nursemaid to Arthur he inserted himself insistently into the king's business like come on and they kept showing the camera panning back to him as Agravain is telling Arthur what to do what not to do it's not even a conversation between him and the men it's a conversation between you're just my uncle you showed up some months ago yeah we gotta respect your role but you need here sir i just don't like the way they put arthur in this very narrow-minded light when we know that's not the character that they are also building up all this time it's not as if your your king can't falter which is what he did and he was able to see the difference but they also just don't allow him to be his own person in context to Merlin it's always Merlin has to be the one telling him uh, or affirmation or chastisement and I know that Louis the 14th talked to his servant like that was his role dog his best friend that was one of the people he trusted the most but that shit was done behind doors and that's why it was something that was done in high like people realized in hindsight like they knew that man had power but he didn't flaunt it or be so openly opposed or for or anything like that merlin is just a sandbag he then arthur kills the carleon king and merlin continues the next day to undermine arthur's decisions also thought this whole idea of killing Corleone was stupid anyway because hey why should Arthur feel bad about killing a man who multiple times is in his territory is on his lands he's not even off the outer rims he is deep in Camelot with no good intentions why should he not be like okay like um I'm going to offer you this peace treaty. If you don't sign it, you got to die. Like that was a reasonable enough thing that it even shouldn't have been a conversation (laughs) about is this what my daddy would have done? It doesn't matter. It's what anyone with common sense would do if you keep coming back and causing problems. So I wish that Merlin took that energy he uses to run his mouth to actually incriminate the very known villain named Agravain or outmaneuver him or something. 
hey even be in a position to follow him should he decide to run off to the uh, run off on the castle which is exactly what he does aggravate now goes to arthur and tells him you need to end your fraternization with gwen as it's unseemly and inappropriate and your people ain't down with it and since arthur already chopped someone's head off he listens but he is angry the next day and he denies it i mean he hit that punching bag hard (laughs) i will uh i don't know why i took some great pleasure in that and then we find out that the queen the widowed queen is now marching on camelot because she mad that her husband died and she didn't die in battle but at the same time your husband got executed for doing crimes ma'am honestly this whole plot is so awful (laughs) on as far as the like i didn't even understand her wanting to get revenge because you killed my husband but to say like you killed him dishonorably no Uh, what did you i don't because he was a king i guess that's why they didn't expect it to go that kind of way but apparently arthur isn't the only king that being doing bandit type shit without with his knights when he should be actually being a king over his kingdom but let's gloss over that however they are preparing for their first war arthur has led his crew into war and he's not cool with that because he can't lose anyone in camelot although that is another very silly idea that (laughs) your knights are just can't be at risk at all never mind and they keep talking about your father's way is the right way it's not as if every five seconds he was not being stalked by magic people trying to kill him nor is it not unknown that he was a tyrant to anyone who he expected of magic including innocence including that being gwen and gwen's father he was a mass murderer and we're going to talk about how your father's way kept the kingdom safe no it didn't keep the kingdom safe all of the people made treaties because he was an absolute tyrant and a monster morgana where you be getting that green eyeliner girl she comes to the queen's court offers herself to serve while trying to connect with her talking about how their barbaric fathers were cut down by pink dragons and this is enough to get morgana working with her even though queen annis wasn't down with it at first she was like bitch i heard what you did gwen has a new purple dress and arthur goes out to meet her does not compliment her on that very beautiful purple dress he also gets stopped by his own man they was like who goes there oh i'm the king oh my bad my bad see if this was known he wouldn't need to sneak off but i do love the way in which he just snuck the fuck off he got his cloak uh merlin was still trying to talk about war and how it was gonna be terrible going out and if he's like yeah i don't give a shit i'll be back don't be here when i get back <laughs> he's like i gotta go see my boo but it's not for good purposes he tells her that it's unseemly she's not appropriate she says you embarrassed to be seen by me and i love the way he said no and then he said it again like after like like that is like (laughs) that broke my heart because he was like that is not something i ever felt and ever will feel and you don't need to think that but at the same time i have to break up with you 
and instead of being angry she just walks with him like boy stop playing games you got a good heart and if this is what you're saying you want to do fine do it um but don't let anybody tell you what to do if you're your own man then you need to own that shit and while this was done fairly well by her not being angry because i don't think guinevere would at that moment have been angry she would have been uh, hurt more so than the anger and she also knows that Agravain is behind this and we all know we don't trust Agravain. she's the main one that doesn't trust Agravain. so she she has an indication of where it's coming from however i thought in the second conversation there could have been a little bit more uh i mean she gave us something <laughs> but i would have expected just a tad bit like don't don't play games with my heart boy that is not what is going to be allowed to do whenever you feel like it like you need to set some boundaries if i hear the words anyone would die for you one more time i mean you could get a drinking game behind how many times people say anyone here in camelot will die for you arthur all the knights come in and say we're gonna die for you arthur merlin reiterating it's true they will all die for you arthur i will die for you arthur one talk with gwen and he admits he was wrong to kill the man and merlin is now defending his decision even though that's not what he was doing literally two days ago and this is why gwen needs to always be his counsel or i don't know sir leon or i don't know gwen any of these people are better options to have these adult conversations with than merlin because as i stated earlier he really don't have no sense of that's just not his role i mean he could barely get his own magical shit together whereas gwen understands the people so she would know if the people is thinking she unseemly like what are your arguments uh arthur oh these are your arguments well let me tell you what i know like there there could be more cushion to that but they just want to keep people in their their uh rather generic categories and with arthur he's the charming dashing slightly asshole uh very well built um like and it's not even all like you see when he had no shirt on in the second episode that's not all muscle but it's just it's just nice right <laughs> that's just me <laughs> anyhow he goes to handle business with queen annis and merlin just can't not embarrass um arthur and this actually pisses me off in the next episode when he kept repeating over and over you're the only one that i can trust yeah i we we get the gag you don't need to be so ham-fisted with it but also merlin be making him look like a fool he steals his keys whenever he wants to the vault gets broken on broken into uh has arthur looking incompetent because he's got the keys to the vault then this episode you know he goes between queen annis and he has to beg this woman not for one favor but for two because his dumb ass can't stay uh, in a well enough distance you have magic find another way than sneaking around a damn tent it literally makes so no sense and then he's just sitting there looking stupid she was she said what are you doing here what are you doing are you supposed to be assisting me or not if you're assisting me you suck then there comes um 21 questions where is 
um merlin following aggravane i don't know the person that is the known trailer why isn't he sleeping in the tent with arthur so that when aggravane comes in with too much ease to steal his sword merlin could see it or follow him why didn't arthur awake we've seen him very uh very much a light sleeper why doth Aravan be so damn loud and clumsy every time he meets up with Morgana? Like, the way in which he was falling down, tripping down, all being breathing hard, and then she's like, okay, did you get the sword? <laughs> um, and then how is nobody not seeing all this damn fire? It's dark. In the fucking Middle Britain, that would have been like a beacon. Then Queen Annis picks the biggest dude ever, like the mountain, Game of Thrones reference to be her champion in a one-on-one battle and of course Arthur himself decides to be champion and I will say Arthur for fuck's sake I know you didn't want to spare anyone else's life and I'm down with that but at the same time you, you got plenty of good dudes on your squad that would have made easy pickings of this guy like for real though for real so he ends up sparing the man i don't even know if merlin helped or not i was barely paying attention because i was too distracted by the fact that nobody spotted morgana sir leon you have uh, intimate knowledge of what she's wearing right now <laughs> sir Ilion. nope y'all can't see her in the crowd arthur spares her champion and queen anna says i see some hope in you after all because there's something about you there could also be something about a washcloth wiping his face now he was in battle so i would give it to him but man there were a few times where i was like merlin you you just woke up off the dirt and you was like here's here's something to drink sire you didn't think at all to wipe your face not even a little bit like they were so streaked in dirt <laughs> uh and then probably my best my favorite scene of the episode to be honest is when queen annis tells morgana when she comes in like oh because she thought she was working for her like oh i got got another way to take him down next time because she's like oh your magic wasn't shit huh and then she tells her there won't be a next time because morgana's bitterness is a disease and in her grief she says i'll let you affect me with your hate and i'm not about that life and it's not like her husband did not play russian roulette with his own life she says that i wanted revenge but two wrongs don't make a right and morgana scoffs at that like oh oh okay you go ahead and be weak like that i will never give up until camelot falls before me and then we got the best part when she was walking away and she said morgana you came to me in the name of Golaris, but you're more like uther than you think we end the episode with a arwen moment and at first i was like why is she bringing him water and then i realized oh my god that's exactly what mace did they actually did that's the i was (laughs) doing some research for a project and the one of the things was what does the housemaid do in like a castle or even a state or anything like that or a manor house and in the morning it's not the manservant it's the maid's 
positioned to bring water and fill up the basin of hot water in the mornings before the whoever king tenant uh earl lord whoever employs her it gets up for the day so it made it all the more sweeter that arthur was waiting awake fully awake for her to come because he knew she was coming and that he did pick those flowers all prepared probably thinking all night about what he was gonna because we know when he's thinking he will think all night with no sleep and he looked like it and he had those really wilted flowers and like i said i would have expected more of the scene but it was adorable um y'all ain't gonna tell me if they didn't make love <laughs> right there and the ease in which he kept leaving the castle that tells me he probably had Gwen's air night that's what he's like don't worry if i ain't in the bed merlin you make sure your ass is in the bed <laughs> that's what he probably said don't be here like merlin probably slipped right on his bed waiting for him to come home like i was gonna get you out of your clothes i don't need you to get me out of my clothes do you not understand sir she will wake me up in the morning <laughs> i want to i want when she comes in in the morning to smell her essence all over me let's move on to merlin episode six a servant of two masters written by lucy watkins directed once again by alex play yeah he's the one that likes people flying like his effects are awful <laughs> his direction and his cutting are not the best things in the world but i did like this episode a little bit more i gave it an 8.3 out of 10 it premiered 11 5 of 2011 knights of camelot are attacked shocker merlin needing rescued another shocker but morgana gets her hands on him and uses a magical snake creature to make him her assassin merlin wants to or not merlin uh, arthur wants to search for merlin himself and gwen encourages him not to go alone with gwen waiting to assist because she knows she set that shit up <laughs> it's like my man is not going alone and i love the way that she was just going down the steps like there is no uh debate whatsoever who is the queen of this castle and they ain't even hiding it Gaius is back after an episode away and seeing Merlin ain't himself as he tells him his cooking ain't shit he's old as fuck and needs directions to the strongest po- poison he has because it will uh he's gonna take it because you never know when you need to kill someone and he just let him leave the room like that then he goes to the kitchen grabs a plate of food pours that poison on <laughs> and says you stink worse than your food to the chef and then the one chick was laughing and she's like um i will scrub your face with that pot or scrub that pot with your face then (laughs) Gwen escapes death when he does not allow for him to get his hands in arthur's food and then how he reacted to Gwen serving arthur was hilarious like you i knew you was gonna have your ass up in here all up on his thing what did he say to her was like i know you take every opportunity to be by his side but this is getting ridiculous (laughs) Gwen had no understanding like did he just come from my edges like that like wow sir and you know if arthur hadn't been right there she probably would have let her ghetto show like who the fuck you talking to 
Like, you must forget uh, uh, where I'm going to be sitting in like three to six months <laughs> whenever we get this popping. Okay? But Arthur ain't having it. He's like, I am going to eat the food that my boo cooked for me and you crazy and out of your mind if you think that I'm going to allow you to continue to speak to any of us this way. Take this shit and get on somewhere. <laughs> Merlin pacing after he tosses the food in a pig pen and Gaius looking like a lump on a log. He continues to take insults like the punching bag he is. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. Merlin was bound to fail in a lot of ways because Gaius himself is an absolute failure. <laughs> How are you not going to be like, oh, my, um, my my nephew i don't even know what their relationship is that i love like a son disappears off and i'm like oh you're acting so weird and not like yourself and you're not letting me help and i'm not gonna ask any questions because it's not like you know things are going on it's not like there's a traitor in the castle that i'm aware of or that morgana is somewhere close by I just, you know, he's a court physician. A man gets falls in the fucking yard and y'all do an examination. And yet Merlin comes out of the mud and they don't do anything. They don't do a checkup. Okay. Sir Leon helps Merlin pick out a crossbow. And then he said, I did laugh when he was like, oh, I'm going to go kill Arthur. Oh, he's bothering you. Not for long. <laughs> there were moments in this episode that were funny, which is why I gave it a higher score. Quinn notices the crowd around the dead pig and sees that Arthur's abandoned plate is the cause of the poison and tells Gaius, who finally puts the pieces together. Arthur is trying to suss out the traitor in the castle. And we get a little bit of background on Percival's character, which is, um, shit. I forgot his name already. Billy Bones, a.k.a uh luther aka tom hopper that's his name he gets a backstory except he's nowhere or anywhere around to tell it himself we find out that his parents or his family was killed in the in bison red's army when they were doing their march to camelot so he has no reason to join morgana's side whatsoever and i don't even know why quite frankly and i i appreciate never mind because i was about to say something then i was like no i'm not about to say that because he did take the appropriate actions merlin is rather terrible at all things so of course he makes an awful assassin <laughs> couldn't even swing that damn sword to take his head off <laughs> that's awful that's awful Arthur also just takes no mind of the fact that both, or maybe he's just used to Gwen coming in his room without an invitation so he don't care, or Gaius, but they both rush in and that's where I was like, why is Gaius here? That's when I'm like, okay, what's good? But he's like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm late. So maybe he just thinks that these people are here to keep him on his toes. However, the fact that he does not address his semi-unconscious manservant who just went missing and came back, he just picks up the sword and goes, huh, and leaves. Gwen's face when Gaius was removing the serpent. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? Age 
Daniel Colby did a really good job at the humor in this episode. Everyone had their moments, but she was definitely a starlight. Even Merlin, who I usually hate, when he was being assassin Merlin, he was great because he's just, um, I'm straight to the point. I'm absolutely honest. I'm going to say what's on my mind. I don't give a shit. He was just very dedicated to killing Arthur, but he just sucked at it. So it was funny seeing him be given this huge task, but since he can't do shit else, this makes sense that he would fail. We then see Arthur question Agravain, and that's what I meant earlier. At least he went to someone who might be suspicious and he allowed himself to to address those suspicions with the person and not like his father know what's going on and just be oblivious to it. But Agravain does a really good job at least of convincing him why he would not be the tra- traitor. And since Merlin didn't sleuth or Gaius for that matter, he skates by. So yeah, they know they were betrayed or Arthur knows they were betrayed by the bandits. And he has reason to believe that it's Agravain or someone around him. And if they would help incriminate the person that it is, then maybe we wouldn't have this continued plot point. (laughs) So that's why we can't do it. Merlin resumes trying to kill uh, Arthur the next day because they temporarily are able to make the snake dormant and they remove it, but it regrows back. And this time he decides that he is going to put some type of acidic thing in his bath to melt him. And this is the second time that (laughs) Arthur mentions not trusting anyone but Merlin and the fact that the script made him say it twice in one episode when Gwen is absolutely everything to him really pissed me off however Gwen hitting Merlin for the second time and my girl did not even hesitate with the (laughs) shit cracked on like the first time you know she was like yeah I remember what you said at the fucking dinner table (laughs) like "Uh uh-huh And then the second time was like, I guess we got to do this again. What ensues is, like I stated earlier, probably one of my favorite Merlin scenes because it is so fucking funny every time I laugh because everyone was doing their part in this. Uh, Gwen was doing her part, Angel Colby. You had uh, Arthur. Um... Why am I blanking on his name right now? Y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, And then Gaius, (laughs) just (laughs) looking like a cracked old man in the corner. Everything about Bradley, Bradley James, that's his name. Just so good. So good. She's like, um, at first he comes behind the scene. He's like, he's just talking. Well, what do you think about the, you're not Merlin. Like he just says, Guinevere because he's butt ass naked prepared to get into this tub and he grabs a pillow so quick and puts it on his dick (laughs) and that's when she's like oh you know and Gaius is right there hiding Merlin behind the bedpost and he can't move because Merlin's unconscious he's holding him up so he's just standing there awkwardly and he's more she's more like um the water it's uh 
it's cold and he goes to put his hand there and she goes merlin is going to ruin it i don't think you could have a bath today <laughs> like when has probably never raised her voice hardly ever to arthur so this takes him aback he's like uh-huh so um he doesn't know what to say and he says it's a good thing i'm not very dirty and she says a very good thing indeed <laughs> and then there's more awkwardness and then his head nod and he's just like trying to stare everywhere because he's butt-ass naked the woman he loves is in front of him and you have <laughs> guy is just standing there not saying a word other than sire just everything about this scene was great and everything about how they played it was wonderful um merlin goes after morgana then she just he disguises himself as old man merlin and i wasn't interested because <laughs> he has to kill the mother uh in her little hiding space and that's why next episode if i don't see a group of camelot knights going out to that hiding space or at least merlin trying to get some camelot knights and i honestly can't remember next episode to tell you if this happens so i'll just roast that when we get there but they finally have a face-off battle where morgana thinks she's winning until strangely enough merlin proves to be stronger and then we see another one of those windstorms that are so awful <laughs> and then her ashes go flying in the air always landing in a bed of leaves so the evil is defeated um they did temporarily give arthur a servant who was way better than merlin but he was like this is boring and i don't want it because i i actually don't want to be properly fed if i wanted that yeah i could have replaced merlin a long time ago but clearly i'm here for him being the worst because that means i get to shit on him and that's that's just what our friendship is based on and that's how we end the episodes let's jump into the feedback We got our girls up on deck, but before we hear what they have to say, if you want to join in the conversation, blackrollcouch at gmail.com, you can send it in written format or in audio. I don't remember who went first last week, so I'll just go by the order in which the feedback was received in my email. So always ready and on time, and we appreciate you. Let's hear what Shy has to say. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to do my due diligence and provide you with my feedback for Merlin this wonderful Saturday evening. Whether I hear your delightful podcast on a wonderful Saturday evening is another story, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) I am going to do my part and uh, talk about these episodes okay um this was episode four and five um for season four and i will say um they were they were good i mean it wasn't i don't know i guess i mean i mean they were good i liked 
I mean, actually, I like them both, but in different ways. Obviously, six was a more of a comedic relief type um, episode that we tend to get. Um, I've come to um, associate with Merlin. Um, we get a few serious ones, and then we get a lighthearted one just to um, you know, break up the monotony, I guess, so to speak. But um, we'll start with episode five. I will say that author really aggravated me in this one um, because <laughs> I mean it was like, and I mean I, I let me let me let me go back a little bit. I'll say that for, or I should say, you know, this is the first episode that author is fully the king um i think right i don't even remember which episode uther died but anyway um so we're starting to see um author questioning which is understandable you know this is a new role um there's a lot of pressure um, a lot of stress that comes with that because you know unlike being the prince when you have a um you know, Luther was still the main one making decisions and all that good stuff. But I mean, I mean, I, and I get that. But I, I mean, I was under the impression that even though Uther was alive, Arthur was still making decisions as if he were the king um, prior to him officially being the king. So it's not like, you know, Uther was, um, you know, full in full health and you know going about you know doing the job of being a king before he died and then you know he died suddenly and author was thrust into the role so i felt like author was but you know by the time uther died he had been uh in the role of a king basically um for a while so how long was uther was it a year um that uther was in that stupor so I wasn't quite understanding why all of a sudden with Uther being dead and him officially being the king, you know, why, I mean, he was already acting king. I should, I guess that's the best way to put it. So it shouldn't have been too much of a, um, a stretch to, you know, or too much of a leap from what he was doing to, you know, Uther being dead. At least that's my take on it. So I wasn't quite understanding this dramatic change or not, I should say dramatic, but this change in author of him um, listening to Agravain about, um, I don't even remember that guy's name, that king's name. I mean, it's I didn't even write it down um, that he ended up killing and which causes the king to, I mean, I don't it just I just felt like that whole scenario was all of it was forced I felt like this episode it was forcing something that I wasn't buying I mean I could I mean you and Mimi could have a different take on it but it just felt forced to me like the whole author and Gwen thing was forced and this whole decision to kill this dude you know without you know you kind of because in just the way it went about it's like 
you don't you already know this guy is not going to agree to this and so you force his hand so to speak and you know force the situation to where he has to choose this treaty or die and so it was already clear that he wasn't gonna pick the treaty so I don't know I mean I'm just I'm still I guess it's not me and I'm sure it sounds like it I'm just still struggling with that whole thing because it just it was so out of character in my opinion for Arthur so and you know his whole speech to Gwen I mean Gwen made a very good point I mean you're saying that you need to be your own man and you need to you know make decisions what's best for the you know about you know for the Camelot what's best for you know your people yet you kill some dude which causes a ripple effect of um now the queen wants to avenge her husband which causes a war so i'm like it just didn't make sense to me i mean that whole thing again maybe once i listen to your podcast you know maybe you'll shed some type of a um a light on that that you know on on it that i hadn't thought about but to be honest i mean it, it was i mean it was again the, the, the episode wasn't horrible but i just and i mean it was good i mean I, I was engaged in it so it's not i mean so that's a plus but it just i just the whole time i'm like sitting here going why i mean huh and so and then we got you know was it last season author is crying and carrying on and willing to take on his father for gwen and then one word from Agravain, once one talk from Agravain, and all of a sudden he's doing this 180 and oh i gotta think about uh camelot and how it looks and you know like you already knew all of that you already knew you know th- that this would be different that and that's the whole point that you're once you become king you're going to you know push the envelope you're not going to do the status quo because that was basically what Uther was saying so I'm like you you already got that speech you already knew all of those things so I didn't get why now that Agravain is saying it all of a sudden oh yeah I gotta listen to this I mean, again, I know now he's the king and all this stuff, but at the same time, he knew all of that before. And so it wasn't like Agravin was saying something so, you know, so outlandish that he hadn't thought about. So I don't know. Like I said, I felt like this, that episode, there was a little bit of forcedness to that one. And I, and that's what kind of weighed it down for me. Because I did feel Arthur was acting out of character. And then, you know, I know that, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I don't know why I have such a hard time with it, but I do. You know, Merlin is such a, I mean, he just, he's such a light sleeper. It, it doesn't take much. And he's always waking up and lurking about. And then you got Arthur who sleeps you know like you know sleeps through uh, the soldier the trained soldier you know that sleeps through a hurricane and so it's like shouldn't that be the other way around you know author should be his skill should be home like any sound should be waking him up because he's so i mean he's a soldier i don't know 
So that that little trope that they do is kind of old sometimes. And then they have this big goofy guy that's supposed to be the champ. That's their there's that's their well skilled champion. Like really? <laughs> I don't know. Big is not always better. So I don't know that. <laughs> I know I keep saying I don't know, but that whole thing was just so weird uh, that anyways, it's like I know that's not their their best soldier. Please tell me that's not their best soldier. But anyway, um, so, yeah, then Morgana's plan, as always, is to insert herself and you know, the queen switcheroo, you know, that was kind of, and I get it, but it's still, yeah, like I said, I don't know, I'm moving on, I think I said enough about number five, number six was, um, as I stated, was the comic relief one, we got Merlin getting captured by Morgana and her possessing him with some snake crap in his neck and um and then Merlin goes about the business of trying to kill Arthur so we have a series of unfortunate events that occur because Merlin is the worst assassin in the history of the world and he can't get out of his own way he has two left feet um so yeah and that's what we see is him stumbling fumbling bumbling through his many attempts to kill Arthur and so my thing is out of all the attempts which I'm like why I don't understand why the the arrow thing didn't go off when Arthur uh, opens the door but of course it goes off when Merlin does but did he or did he not put acid in his tub and so and then when he stuck the sword in the tub it disintegrated yet the tub stayed intact shouldn't that have disintegrated too um i don't know that just came to my head i'm like shouldn't the the acid be eating through the tub but uh okay um but yes gwen had me dying in this episode with her knocking Merlin out I busted out laughing and then she looked so contrite each time she was doing it well I think she looked more so the first time the second time she wasn't playing around um and then of course Sir Leon he cracked me up you know not knowing that uh Merlin was dead serious about killing Arthur and going around talking about it like it's a joke uh that one had me um cracking up I'm not going to lie. I think I said this um, at the beginning of season four, I think episode one. Um, I'm just not, you know, this is just another season of a traitor amongst us. I think the only difference is author is being more. And that's what I like now versus, you know, like it seemed like no, you know, they knew something was amiss um, before when Uther was in charge, you know, season three. Um, they knew somebody shady was, um, it was a traitor 
in their midst but they weren't doing anything about it I, I will say I like that that was a pleasant change could we see author actually trying to figure out what's going on who it is and all that good stuff um I'm still kind of aggravated that he would automatically no, I want to say he automatically because I mean because he Morgana made it had a good point because Gaius is still alive and well so author is not quick to burn people at the stake um he's still gonna look into stuff he's not like Uther in that way so that's a big difference so um but yeah it's still interesting how you know author you know did his investigation and he was on the right track but he allowed himself to be talked out of his instincts his suspicions and I get that so but you know we're gonna continue to have that story and but my question is did I miss it I'm trying to understand why Agravain is still working with Morgana because they the only thing they had in common was their disdain for Uther so why I mean Arthur is his nephew his sister like he said in this episode that's his sister's son so what does he have against Arthur? So I, I'm not understanding why he's still working with Morgana now that Uther's dead. So, yeah, I mean, if you can explain that one to me, Christina, that would be lovely because I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Of course, I'm like, you know, guys, and you know, Merlin said not to tell Arthur he was in, he was in the tavern again. And yet here you go. <laughs> tell him telling poor uh well tell author that poor merlin is in the tavern um so yes of course we got george uh so yes so if we have an idea what a manservant really technically is supposed to be about yes we were introduced to george and yes merlin is nowhere near any well it's, well, I wouldn't say nowhere near. He does stuff, but it's not in the same way that an actual servant does. So, yes, we see the contrast <laughs> um, between, and we see that, yes, author is not about that life. He ain't trying to have an actual servant that is really at his beck and call. Um, so, I thought that was funny. I guess nobody checks to see if anybody's dead. Because why did Merlin check and see if uh, Morgana was actually dead um, before he took off? So, whatever. Anyway, so obviously she's going to live to fight another day. And uh, all these life choices is going to come back to haunt him at some point. I just know it. So, I think that's it. Um, I can't think of anything else about these two episodes. I mean, I will say I did enjoy the comic relief. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been a very long week. And to just be able to laugh and not take the episode too seriously was good for me. Um, so probably that's probably why I would think for me um, 6 was a lot more enjoyable. Sorry, my kid came busted in the room. I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, yeah, I think... Uh, that's why I would go with six more than five for me just because I was in the mood to laugh and this one had me laughing but that's about it um 
and that was that's about it as far as why six had the edge anyways um i will leave it at that until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was shy with her thoughts on the episode and her consistent dragging of me because i did start recording this at 11 i just by the time i do all the other stuff i need to do it goes out later but i actually was recording it today that's something (laughs) she cannot drag me every time i see you see what you're doing and um i worked overtime today ma'am okay and i still got it together so i'm gonna pat myself on the back if no one else is going to i said bat not back anyhow a few things mostly i agree with everything that you said i mean not mostly i do agree with everything you said as far as the first episode in particular five it being very contrived it was even in the second episode and i allowed it because it was funny and fun but we couldn't have just told arthur that hey merlin got possessed he he was taken away and now something's going on with him (laughs) i think that could have worked as well um but i i enjoyed the gaius or at least the gwen team up with all of that so i just bypassed it but yes very contrived although i will say there was a little bit more i think leadway than what you may have felt on arthur's wish-washy behavior yeah i think you're right this is the first time that he has really been anointed king but even before uther died like the last words he said was i'm not ready i I don't want to be king right now it's one thing to make decisions in a time of peace when there's not much pressing it's another when you're on your own and you have to make those decisions and you weren't necessarily prepared to take that mantle no matter how competent you may be with that you still allow or he allowed his insecurity to show and aggravate seeing that took advantage and then in the beginning of the episode there was mention and i think this also gives grounds for arthur having such insecurity about the fact that these these frequent attacks on camelot and now all the way in the heart of camelot is not something that went on during his father's reign yeah you had a little squabbles bandits here and there but this very brazen uh disrespect in a lot of ways into arthur's land into the camelot is what set him off in this insecure mindset like why are they continuing to attack why are they being more frequent and then aggravate provides the probably accurate answer uh your father's dead he was a tyrant like you people knew not to cross him people don't know who you are how they can flex and they're gonna flex on you um and like i said previously it's not wrong that arthur did what he did um he had pretty uh pretty much good good um reasoning it just as you stated wasn't like him and you felt that way merlin felt that way gwen felt that way so you were supposed to feel that way that no arthur is not acting as if he is the man we've known him to be and grown him to be all this time 
and it just is exactly what it is it's a moment of insecurity it's a moment of pause you know your his father was a successful king rather you liked him or not he was a successful king and there's something to how he ruled even if it's not necessarily the steps he means to take and there are going to be moments where arthur's going to have to commit his men to war because he made a decision that he thought was in the best interest of the kingdom and he did war with that although Agravain put it in his mind you know it wasn't a forced thing he didn't talk he doesn't have counsel that's the issue with Arthur that I think I've said all episode is that his counsel is only one person and then during that transitional period where Uther was incapacitated it was aggravating that was helping him make those decisions and up until the point where we see him trying to undermine his rule he has shown himself to be at least good counsel i mean he left him in charge of camelot while he went and on a quest where he might not have even returned so i'd say that that's why i kind of stopped my own self I think that Arthur is going in the right direction as far as yeah he's gonna have stumbling blocks around along the way and that's good to see but it's also good that he can recognize okay I did something wrong and now I need to rectify that even if it means my own life needs to be spared to repair that because peace is what I desire I don't want war I don't want the same sins of my father to continue under my reign but it's not to say that you wouldn't naturally think as a untested ruler hey maybe there was something to what the old man was saying after all and it was he was treat he was teaching him in that method it's just in the latter years of his life that he got insecure about it and the whole thing with Gwen I think that that yes that was the worst part of it because but that also explained his anger and I think once he spoke to Gwen things changed and he was able to get a little bit more clarity but yeah it's not like he was doing it and excited about it (laughs) or that this isn't something that's been dodging him like he's still gonna feel that pool of what would my father do what would my father do because he's only recently lost him and as far as barbarians having that one big old guy that was so barbarians (laughs) like they were all brawn no strategy i will say so yeah no as far as champions if you even see the mountain in game of thrones you don't pick people that are going to be you're, you're picking someone who can who has the strength and can use that brute strength in place of actual skill set because yeah but the barbarians definitely believed in brawn over brain or finesse so i thought that was rather accurate um and then the last point you brought up uh, oh about the traps (laughs) and it being acid in the tub yeah I will say it was acid in the tub it should have melted the metal of the tub that's a very valid point and maybe we wouldn't have thought about it if they didn't have him put the sword in the tub 
was that his ceremonial sword it better not have been a court apparently it wasn't but he just had another random sword whatever and then as far as the wardrobe that one made me laugh because that fits because he didn't even know how to work a crossbow he got shown 2.2 seconds ago and then he tries to set a proper trap for it yeah of course that's gonna fail and it wasn't as if arthur opened that cabinet wide enough for that to pull and enough force to be able to hit its target and because merlin doesn't know anything like that of course he would he would fuck that up like i said i i thought that wittiness played really well in that episode that i'm willing to overlook all the other plot holes because it is kind of brilliant to make merlin the assassin and he would comedically be the worst at doing it because this is just not his area of expertise like he's not all of a sudden smarter or more of a a successful person when it comes to things that he's trying to do just because he's been compelled by a magical dictate to kill arthur and i think that is it as far as all of the things that we needed to discuss that i wrote down so with that let's hear what mimi has to say what it do stina it's mimi sending in feedback for uh merlin uh season four i believe this is episode five and six i don't even remember but i just finished watching both of them i didn't write notes because i realized that if i don't write notes i talk less so i'm just gonna go um off my memory what i remember um i think i might have liked episode the second episode more than the first one like they both were okay like i wouldn't say that they were like ecstatic like i was ecstatic watching them or they were so good but the both of them were decent like i i was entertained for the most part um i guess with the first one that we watched i think um the one thing i i took away from that was like when um of course i'm going to talk about um arwen because when he went to her house i was like super excited like oh my god he going to see his boo thing they about to make out for he go to battle and then he dropped the bomb talking about some you know we can't be together like i gotta tell you i for the life of me can't remember his uncle's name and i the truth of the matter is i don't give a, a shit that's why i don't remember i don't like him i don't care for him his character can choke so I don't know why but my brain just refuses to put his name in my head and remember and it stays there like I don't care him and Morgana are getting on my nerve um like I I'm just gonna go ahead and get this out of the way because this is my biggest gripe with this character like we know for a fact that both um Gaius and Merlin both know that he is teaming up with Morgana why they don't keep a leash on him they don't put arthur on like i i just for the life of me don't understand like even if you just say like now uther is dead praise jesus like he's gone so we know that arthur is the king is he's the sole king like there's no one else uther ain't even alive to be in uh arthur's ear so the only person making arthur's decision is him 
and his stupid ass uncle. So the fact that they know that he is on Morgana's side and he has Arthur's ear, you would think they would be like, look, he is somehow tangled up in Morgana. You need to watch him. Like, why not tell Arthur that from jump? And the fact that we have to keep playing this game where he keeps setting them up and blah, 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 blah. It's irritating because it, it spilled over into the next episode. And at this point, it's really redundant and it's annoying. Like, it's like it's annoying. Like, I don't even have another word for it other than it gets on my goddamn nerve. Like, I'm sick of looking at them talk and I'm sick of Morgana like treating him like trash and I'm sick of him cowering at her feet I'm just sick of the both of them I'm just sick of it um and I guess you know Arthur listens to the man up until it go it, it is up until the point he starts telling him what to do with Gwen so I'm glad we got that but like if Arthur knew killing the king was a bad idea like why do it and then you went ahead and did it and you felt terrible about it so at that point like why not decide okay maybe I shouldn't listen to him maybe I should do my what I need to do and then let's talk about Merlin like you saw the way Arthur soul was crushed after he listened to his stupid ass uncle and he regretted it almost immediately why not say something like look I didn't want to say this, but I think maybe your uncle might be on Morgana's side. Like, I'm not saying, like, I don't know how he would bring it up. It's just like, it's too many things that just don't add up. So maybe just keep a close eye on him. I don't know. Put that shit in his ear. Put that stuff in the Knights of Camelot's ear. Like, ain't that their job to go investigate stuff like that to protect the king? Like, look, I can't prove it. Like, I'm not sure, but I don't trust this uncle. Maybe we should follow him. Something anything let's try um let's just move on to the next episode um because <laughs> I gotta tell you like I if I was Arthur not Arthur I'm sorry if I was Merlin when when he got captured and he was like strung up and Morgana was there like if that was me I would have I would have opened my eyes and be like oh god bitches you again like oh my god what are we get? what's your stupid ass plan now like aren't you sick of this don't you want to try something else you go what are you gonna do you're gonna somehow use me to get to arthur maybe killing him ain't the best idea it's not working can you try something else please you're getting on my nerve like that's i would have felt like that it's like please kill me because i don't want to be a party to this i don't want to witness another one of your stupid ass plans go awry you get on my nerve I hate you. I wish at this point Merlin would just come out and be like, look, bitch, I'm a sorcerer and I'm better than you. So let's just let's just have at it. Let me just murder you like I should have done three, four seasons ago. That way we can be done with you because you get on my nerve. The way she just be pale as hell, walking all around, stalks all sulking and brooding. <laughs> it's so I'm so over it. Like her attitude just uh like I know your sister's dead I know you're by yourself but you really only have that stupid uh that the uncle and you treat him like trash and he looks like a lost puppy following behind you he gets on my nerve you get on my nerve Merlin gets on my nerve like 
the the beginning of episode the second episode when he just used his magic and propelled that dude clear across the pathway and there was a whole gang of folks behind him i know someone saw that like they're getting ridiculous like y'all not even trying to have him pretend like he's not using his magic at this point he should just show everybody because i know they seen it how that man just fly across like smooth off of his daggone horse there was like six people behind him he was in an open path arthur was literally in front of him fighting maybe arthur didn't notice but i find that hard to believe if you're a trained knight shouldn't you be aware of your surroundings because you're fighting one person but someone else might be coming up behind them just saying like ugh, the whole thing is annoying it just i don't have any other word other than annoying because it bothers me so much um i will say that there was <laughs> two scenes in the second episode that probably made it more of my favorite the first one was when morgana and uh Emberis were fighting and he like they were outside and she knocked him over in the jar with that little snake fell and rolled down the hill and she was about to stab Emerus, but then he like used his magic and shot her clear across <laughs> the air into the ground and she made this like noise it was like oh it was so funny i don't know if it was supposed to be but i laughed so hard and i had to like rewind and go back so i could laugh again <laughs> the sound that came out of her was so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would sound like if I got magically repelled through the air, but I hope it was would be more gangster than that because she sounded so stupid and like a little punk. Like it was the like softest whimper, but it sounded so like over the top and dramatic. Like it was just it sounded like it like a like a damsel in distress fainted. It was so funny. <laughs> I am still laughing it made me laugh so hard and the second time that I laughed out loud multiplied and had to watch it over and again was when um Gwen went in there to stop Merlin from like I guess <laughs> like I guess disintegrating Arthur in the in the tub water and Arthur was naked and he was like Gwen I was like oh snap I guess she ain't never seen his goodies because he was not ready like he was probably thinking it's cold in here it's shrinkage it's normally not like this I swear <laughs> and the best part about it was Gwen because she didn't like look away immediately I think it was like a second thought she was like oh okay oh wait that's not lady like I gotta look away but she was thinking like that's bae I'm gonna marry him anyway so it's fine that's all mine I should get a look at it before I'm gonna just look oh wait they shouldn't see me looking so she like looked away the whole the whole scene was hilarious like he, <laughs> he was so embarrassed like oh my god <laughs> it's not normally this small I swear <laughs> Oh God, I, I, I like how much of his body they showed, but I mean, I wouldn't have been up, upset if they showed us his backside. And I know that they do, because I remember that other episode, we seen that dude's bare butt and it was not a nice butt. So we can see a, a nice butt. How come we can't see a nice butt? What I'm saying. Okay, so those were my two favorite scenes uh, from the second episode. Um, 
the other thing I want to talk about is that guy that I can't remember his name Arthur's uncle it's like the way that Arthur figured out that he was the mole but then easily went to Gaius like it just seems so simple it's like we never had these issues before you came and Gaius has been with with us my whole life and our secrets never got out so it can't be him why would he pick today to decide that he doesn't he wants to jump ship and it seems as though they know it's Morgana and Morgana tried to kill Merlin and Merlin and Gaius are together and didn't didn't she try to yeah she tried to didn't she try to sabotage oh maybe they don't know about the sabotage of Gaius but I just don't like how I guess stupid they're trying or gullible maybe that's a better word gullible they're trying to make Arthur because I don't think he would have turned on Gaius so quickly it it just seemed so easy like the dude said like oh sentence and a half and then he was already like oh wait you must not be guilty it must be Gaius you're right like no I don't believe you and until we figure this out I'm not telling you shit or he should pull one of them things where you tell him the wrong thing and see if Morgana find out he can't be that stupid and I don't want to believe that he seriously believes that man and it's true because Gaius didn't get pulled into the dungeon didn't get questioned so I'm hoping he doesn't believe him because Arthur's smarter than that at least I hope he's he's very like he's very strong and he's clearly brawn but I feel like he's clever enough to where he's not that gullible but I guess we'll find out so let me go ahead and end it here so I can send this to you and get it in on time so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out so it seems we are all very consistent on our feelings about the episodes and of course there was a lot more cuteness with the second one than there was the first one that was very contrived um point that both you and Mimi Mimi you Mimi and Shy brought up was the fact that Aggravane is aggravating with his um very mustache twirling like like Shy said we they're regurgitating the same plot lines and that's what you were saying as well so we all agree that this is just overdone it's another season there's a spy in the castle okay we're a little bit just a bit proactive here but i think when he threw gaius under the bus that should have been a dead giveaway for homeboy arthur to be like oh but i think he's just one of those people that if he does not have absolute proof he will not convict somebody like unlike his father he can't just be suspicious but at the same time yeah don't play him don't play him and not have people following him or something anything i think we've all said the same thing why isn't merlin and gaius doing anything to plot why don't they bring gwen in on it because guess who can convince arthur of just about anything gwen so yeah the fact that they just keep doing the same thing over and over again because they clearly don't have 
the imagination to to find any other like it's almost like oh this format worked so long just gonna keep it's like the young and the restless right <laughs> like how many times is sharing gonna cheat on nick how many other people she go for like seriously you do it so often it's not even a point it's just yeah so in that mess is those golden nuggets that is that scene we all adored which is Gwen showing off that she is hilarious as well as gorgeous and she was looking absolutely stunning both episodes in that dress and did y'all notice her titties is a little bit more out they was like it's time to sexualize Gwen (laughs) again I've said it before I think they just really got lost on the audience that this show was for because I can imagine being 12 and watching this and not having the exact same criticisms we'd be like oh I fucking hate Morgana and oh I love Arthur and oh the bromance you'd you be eating it up and this is also a Britain show <laughs> and our fucking English folks over here Americans are hella damn practical <laughs> um also shy asked the question why is aggravane even helping morgana anymore i think that he plans on crossing the bitch to be honest and i'm not saying this from memory of anything there's just moments where it feels as his lust and greed are both on his mind and he definitely thinks oh i'm gonna let this little girl i'm gonna help her get where she got need to be she's gonna be a witch so i need to tiptoe just a little bit because she is crazy as fuck however i do think in the end this is about him and he think he gonna uh, use her as the perfect scapegoat to get rid of his competition so he can sit on the throne that's just my opinion on it (laughs) um he definitely can think on his toes one has to give him that and like i said we we forget that for a long time since uther has had been incapacitated aggravane had too very much been um been helping arthur and it's been something he's appreciated and has thought to be helpful so turning on him in the in the drop of a dime wouldn't necessarily fit with arthur either and considering how many times uther has accused gaius or gwen (laughs) everyone in the castle basically besides sir leon of oh and merlin let's not forget all the times he's almost killed him with the barest of proof or actually planted proof he's probably like yeah i need more but like i said not following up is just yeah they do a lot of disservice to the characters that's just there's no getting around that (laughs) i think that morgana gets the worst of it however as far as the fandom like oh it was way like no one even tried to understand it from her perspective (laughs) at all and like i said it's it's it's, i say like i said a lot i hate that but i still think of batshit crazy morgana like how we got here i'm not confused about that's not to say one can't hate her (laughs) every time she walks to the scene she is she's just like she's obsessed with one goal and one goal only 
and it's almost like everything else doesn't matter she has to achieve that goal because everything that she sacrificed and everything that she went through to get there um yeah so it's annoying as she is i still rather get her aggravating i'd rather get his character but then the other characters that we hear about they really just be shitty to them and that is unfortunate side note it took me the longest to download your mp3 to convert it because for some reason my normal one that's attached to my google account just wasn't working and so i tried it like eight times eight times i tell you then i went to chrome and tried it like three times chrome is like we don't download these types of converted files that's just not in our game and i could not change it either that's just a chrome rule apparently so then i restarted my computer turned it back on and the bitch still didn't work so then i finally just moved on to another converter and was like i really should have done this 28 minutes ago with that <laughs> y'all know where to find me blackocouch at gmail.com you can find my social medias below remember to like share subscribe you can find Black Couch reviews on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, Black Magic. <laughs>